Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Thank you so much for listening to our program. In this program, we have a very challenging message. It's very challenging and transforming if we really hear what's being said and hear from God about this amazing subject of thanksgiving and faith. What keeps God's people from seeing God move today? Is it because of the will of God is changed in circumstances which would produce a challenge we're talking about? Is it that the will of God has changed? No. The church has been infiltrated with so much doubt, with so much unbelief, with so much rationalization, with so much Operation Dead Orthodoxy, that it has lost its boldness. It's lost its courage. It's lost its power. It's lost its attitude. It's lost its adventure. And thank God the Church of Jesus Christ has an adventure. And every single moment we have an adventure. And that adventure is to see our victory implemented or the victory that Jesus has won implemented. That potential and privilege and possibility and opportunity as Jesus has priority is to simply see the victory in action. It's to simply say uh, with your heart in thanksgiving, I'm walking with the King and I thank Thee that Thou hast heard. I'm living in the blood of the Lamb and I thank Thee that Thou always hears me. I thank You, Father, that You've heard. There's not a thing that isn't under Your feet. There's not a single thing that you don't have dominion over. You are absolutely sovereign and you're living inside of me. If it's souls to be saved, deliverance to be experienced, a goal to be realized, power to be enhanced, and absolute fellowship to be enjoyed, then it's all mine tonight. Father, I thank Thee that Thou hast heard. Now, that's the kind of an attitude that gets things done. When somebody utterly and totally thrusts themselves on God in thanksgiving, then watch God start giving. Let me illustrate it. Jesus said, I have five loaves and two fishes in John 6.11 and Matthew 14.19. He said, I have five loaves and two fishes in Matthew 15 with another group of people on a different scene. 4,000 that time. And he said, okay, I have uh, five loaves and two fishes. He said, by the way, Father, I thank thee, thou hast heard. He's on a boat, and the storm raging comes up and begins to go against the boat and rock it. And the son simply said, oh, by the way, uh, storm be still. And it was. He found a leper, and the leper was living in excommunication. He was ostracized. And uh, he said, reach out your hand. What do you have me to do? And the leper said, I wish you'd heal me. He said, okay, go. You're healed. I thank God that he didn't go to the tree of knowledge and try to find out if it was the Father's will. They'd still be uh, sick tonight. They'd never made it. Listen, you can be delivered from every single thing spontaneous outside of God's will Not by waiting upon God, glory to God, but by thanking God, it's done. 
I don't care what your weakness is. This is thanksgiving when you thank God and He does the giving. And listen, I don't care what it is in your life, if it's a secret sin, if it's the monster materialism, if it's liquor, or if it's lying, or if it's lust, it makes no difference tonight if it's nicotine, because that's also a sin. Whatever it is, whether it's gossip, criticism, anxiety, depression, now I've hit everybody. Everybody came having a great evening, then I have to go down that list. Isn't it wonderful to know? Listen, because now you can simply say in pure faith and mean it without a doubt, without a fear, without a worry. You can stand on heavenly, in heavenly places and say, I thank God you heard. That's all. Now, that's not difficult. That's faith. Any child of God that goes worrying about that is a child of God that refuses to stand on the finished work of faith. Oh, sure, it's great to run around and say, I'm seated in heavenly places. How about believing it? It's great to say it's done. How about saying this is done and that's done in my life? In other words, I need nothing but God and God needs nothing but me. I need nothing but God for redemption, and God needs nothing but me to win the world. I'm talking about all of us put together as a body, all of us. And so, by the grace of God, a child of God must learn something. That in a beautiful fellowship that's purified by faith, you don't go back into the pig pen. The Word of God says in Second Peter 2.21 and 22 that if we receive the knowledge of the truth and turn from it, we're like a pig going back into the mire and a dog to his vomit. You uh, understand that? That's not a very smelly thing. It means a dog going back into his own vomit. That's quite a thing to mention on Thanksgiving. But Jesus said that if any child of God gets delivered and then returns back, it's like uh, a dog going back to his own, uh, this time we'll call it regurgitation. More sophisticated on Thanksgiving by far. Highly cultured people would say amen to the sophisticated uh, selection of a word when it's uh, compared to the last one. Now, Thank God it's I, <laughs> I thank God that thou hast heard. That would even wake a sleepy person up that lives for Satan. Uh, I thank God through Jesus Christ. I want to tell you what it means. It means that the Christian life is just that simple. The yoke is easy and the burden is light. And when Jesus said that in Matthew 11.30, when Jesus Christ said that His yoke is easy, His burden is light, He meant it. When the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.57 said, Thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory, singular, constant and continual, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's not hard to understand. It means this. Your heart is right. You speak. God hears. That's it. And the finished work 
finishes the work that needs to be finished in your life, which is refuses to accept it as finished. And the moment, the difference between something being over in our lives and something continuing is a thanks to God for it being finished. That's all. It doesn't require a struggle. It doesn't require time. It doesn't require procrastination. It requires, I thank God thou hast heard. That's all. And it's over. Why? Because in John 19.30, when Jesus said, it is finished, he meant sins paid for, sin crucified, person buried, Christ comes in. Ready for every situation, available for every challenge, uh, ready to occupy every single opportunity of life. And he simply said that it's finished, now I'll take over, stand back. Lazarus, come forth. You've heard my words. Now come on. And he did. And when Lazarus was in bondage with his face, with his hands and feet, he simply said, loose him and let him go. And he went free. Now that wasn't hard. The five loaves and two fishes, thank you, Father, it's done. And it was done. Peace be still, it was done. The withered hand, it was done. The uh, 12-year-old girl, Luke 8:55, raised from the dead, it's done. It was done because he said, I thank you, Father, and he applied the finished work into an area that wasn't finished in the life, in the plan of God. Now, what's hard about that? These kind of Christians are the Christians that really grow. Did you ever uh, say, I'm working on it? That's not faith. Did you ever say, I'm waiting for God to send me a letter about it? When he does, I'll know he's ready. No, that's not it. Did you ever say, uh, well, God will send something into my life and I'll know that that's the time? No, that's not it either. What is it? I thank God. I know you've heard. That's it. (laughs) It's so easy. It's something to really thank God for as you receive what he gives. And then you've got a thanksgiving spirit because he did the giving and you did the thanking and put it together and it's the thanksgiving relationship. He gives, you thank him. That's the way it is. What a beautiful thing. You walk in faith, he gives you sight. You ask, he gives, you receive. Something is unfinished because you're still living in Adam. Jesus says, okay, you're in Adam. What do you want to do except the crucifixion? You say, yes, I thank you. Then he said, okay, take me instead. Flesh, I'll give you the Spirit. Self, I'll give you Christ. For everything I give you, if you'll receive it, it'll take the place of what you had and was prior, and it'll be that beautiful divine exchange. And it happens in a moment of your acceptance of what I've done. So just say this, I thank God that thou hast said Say it. Come on. You don't have to say it out loud, but say it something that you want to be over. You just silently say it now. Say, I thank God that thou hast heard about the... Never mind, but you just say it. Go ahead. And then praise Him. Mean business... And watch God make the yoke easy and the burden light. 
Let me show you something else. Let's say that because of honest, because I ate too much today and I didn't, but you did. Let's say that because I ate too much, I'm tired. My mind is on philosophy, materialism, bed, dreariness, food. I'm the kind of a person who has good days and bad days. I live in Adam sometimes and Christ at other times. You know, I take turns so that I'm fair. So I came and thank God uh, I did, I guess, and uh, I'm tired. I've ate a lot, having a hard time to digest. The food was masticated, going down in the, my system, and it's struggling now to try to turn it into energetic juices. My system is overloaded. I've been heavily taxed, not by internal revenue, but uh, by what I ate. So uh, I'm seated. Uh, this isn't my night. Now, how does a tired, weary person that has a lot of those nights in a year's time, how do they come out of it? How do they really enter into Christ? When, how do they become victorious in every single challenge? And is it practical and is it possible? Number one, yes, it's practical. Number two, Yes, it's possible. And number three, it's already been done. When a believer believes and acts on faith, he turns anything into victory. Everything enters into victory. How does he do it? I thank God thou hast heard. And then he acts upon the fact that God heard. And then he comes forth into Christ, into the words of Christ, into the life of Christ, into the situation that Christ has called him into victory. He doesn't stay into the death of the grave, Lazarus. You're not to stay there, Lazarus. God has spoken his word. But I'm dead. I'm totally dead. A dead man can't respond to a word. I'm dead. But Lazarus, God is speaking. Now, do you respond to God's word? And Lazarus, do you hear me? No. My senses, watch it now, my senses are dead. Don't you understand, Jesus? My physical senses are tired and they're dead. Now, how do you expect me to hear? I don't have physical senses. And you're speaking words. Jesus said it's spiritual. It's not physical. It doesn't start by rationalizing the physical. It starts by hearing the spiritual. In other words... Jesus said, okay, Lazarus, I'm calling you by name, come forth. And Lazarus didn't hear physically, but his eternal soul, which was in heaven, heard. His body was dead. His earthly senses had gone, but his soul heard and responded. Now, every child of God, it makes no difference where you are physically, where you are in your earthly senses, because your natural five senses, really 14, call it five for easy mathematics, your five senses can't hear God. They do hear you just be a sleeping uh, type of weary person. But there's something in you, if you're sincere... If you're pure in your motives, if you're honest, that always hears God, and that's your human spirit. 
Any person's human spirit instantly responds to Jesus Christ's words. And if you hear in the Spirit, you enter into a fabulous, phenomenal, unbelievable, beautiful, practical, uh, uh, just tremendous deliverance. Because you change from the five senses into your sixth sense faith, and that takes over everything and empowers your five senses, and God comes in, and Adam goes out, and you arrive. And you're now occupied with God instead of Adam, Christ instead of self, the Spirit instead of the flesh, and power of God instead of the weakness of man, and you simply respond. It can happen over and over again, because it's absolutely how it always happened in the Bible. Do you know why hundreds and thousands go along and they say, I don't know what it is about this Christian life. I love Jesus, but nothing seems to happen for me. And I, I'm working on it, but I can't seem to make it. And I'm defeated a lot. I don't tell too many people, but I'm mostly defeated. And even when I say I'm not, I really am. And I, uh, I just, uh, oh, I know Adam ended and all that. I know that. I know it's faith. I know Jesus can do it. I know where it is, but I can't experience it. Now, what are they saying? The simplest thing about the Christian life is just to get something in God's Word and respond to it. The bride of Jesus Christ is only told to respond. We're never told to do anything first, but respond. If Jesus says, come forth, we say, oh, he said, come forth. We don't rationalize what our sin is. We don't rationalize how defeated we are. We don't rationalize our circumstances. We don't rationalize the thing. We ask, and he gives, and he gives, and we receive. And we don't rationalize a thing about ourselves, we just respond. And we respond in faith to His Word of life. And as we respond, the miracle takes place all by divine consequences. That's why anybody can be healed physically. That's why when you talk to somebody about a personal problem that they have, and they rationalize, you know they're not going to not going to do any good. But when you say something to somebody like we have recently, and everything they'll say, even though they've been Christians a long time, they'll say, oh, and they know the word plenty, but they're fresh with God because of hunger. And you'll say, listen, this is what I think from the word of God. And they'll say, oh, then praise God. Instantly, without rationalization, they respond and they go right out in victory. Amazing. And that's how precious it is. Not a single rationalistic question, just respond, and then they just thank God that it happened. That's the miracle of the age. That's the amazing phenomena of the century, how when God speaks, people respond and it's done. Because God puts a finished word to what isn't finished and makes it personal in their experience and it's over. I don't have to wait. It is finished. I don't have to worry. It is finished. I know it's finished. I, I simply receive what's been finished 
and thank God for hearing me because I'm in the finished work crowd. I'm not working out something. I'm receiving something that's been worked out in a plan that's always been. And it's a finished work. And I'm simply a recipient of it, so I know it. So what do I do? If there's a problem, I thank God it's finished. And that's how simple it is. But you say, you're, you're, you're just saying, you're sitting in the chair and uh, just sit in the chair and do nothing. Mentally, spiritually, you sit in the chair and then you thank God that it's finished. If it includes you doing something through the power of God to express it's finished, then fine. You may, you may do something in the power of God to express the fact that it's finished, but it's simply finished. You understand? Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com What a message. Stirring us up in our faith. And we can say, here was Jesus. Yes, he's deity, he's God himself, member of the Trinity, manifesting himself in the earth, but laying aside the glory that he had with the Father before the world began, and that glory which is again his in the heavenly places as he's ascended and sitting at the right hand of the Father. But walking as a man, a man of faith, and the Father loved Loved how his son thought as he was walking. He loved what his son did. And we see it. There, there, a voice from heaven comes in Matthew 3.17 and Mark 1.11. Luke 3.22. We see the accounts. Matthew 3.17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The father delighted in his son. The things that he did, what he, how he went about, everything. He was in unity. He, he walked in step with his father, in full fellowship with his father. And we also see at the Mount of Transfiguration in Mark 9, um, starting in verse 5. Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. And he wist not what to say, for they were sore afraid. Peter didn't know what to say. He, he was astonished at this manifestation of the glory of God that was being unveiled before his eyes. This glimpse of the person of Jesus in his glorified state. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. And suddenly, when they had looked about, they saw no man anymore, save Jesus only with themselves. And I like in verse 36 of Luke 9, it says, And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone. <laughs> and we can, we can, in a sense, really relate 
to the to this who are we next to Jesus Christ? We see the glory of God manifested. We we seem very small in our own eyes, don't we? <laughs> Not in a in a way of having a poor self image as as it's said in our culture, but we see the glory of God and realize the place of this person. The Son of God is highly exalted. He is the name above all names. And so we may say, we may throw out in this comparison and say, well, who am I? Yes, Jesus, every prayer for healing that Jesus prayed to his Father, his Father answered. Lazarus came forth from the grave. Bread was multiplied. The blind were made to see. The lame walked. Those who were prisoners were set free from bondage, skipping and laughing and becoming disciples of Christ, walking behind him wherever he would go. But who am I? Who am I? I'm not, as, I'm not like him. But <laughs> the scripture says we are. That we've been born from above. We are like him. That we put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That we are members in particular of his very body on the earth. I'd like to read John 12, starting in verse 23. Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Unless a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? For this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. And then came a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people that stood by, some said that it thundered, some said the angel spoke to him. But here is the voice from heaven that verifies and affirms his son at every step. The voice that in, in the times past in the Gospels expressed its the father's delight almost that he couldn't hold himself back from saying something <laughs> to his son he was so filled with joy about what his son was doing and now here again and he's he's confirming he's saying this isn't only my status with the father this is the status of those to come that those who follow me my father will honor them and the voice from heaven verifies this truth. Luke 11, verse 9 and 10. I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. is isn't the quantity of our faith. It's the quality of it. It's the source of it. Our faith is sourced in Jesus Christ. When we're walking with him, when we've answered the call, when we're going about our Father's business, 
Our prayers are powerful. We know that God can reach in to the impossible situation and transform it and heal, reconcile, change situations. Will we receive grace from Jesus Christ? And if we receive it, then won't he do wonderful works in our lives and in the lives of people that we come in contact with? So, Lord, thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you that it's finished, that you've done all that was necessary for us in the work of salvation. We thank you, God. Let us have lives filled with thanksgiving. Let us go forth and believe Believe you for things that are greater than whatever we could accomplish on our own. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you know that you can thank Him today for what He's accomplished on your behalf? that He's paid for your sins, that there's salvation waiting for you. There's an outstretched arm saying, Come to me. Are you heavy laden with sin? Do you have a desire that He would make you clean? Yes, this includes heaven as our eternal destination, but in right now, in time, Christ wants to come into your life and transform you and change you. Cry out to him today. Maybe you would pray a prayer or something like this. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Come into my life. Save me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you to move in my life and transform me and make me yours. And I pray this prayer in Jesus' name.